Hello, hello, welcome to Formula E Byte episode number 10. We'll be going over season 7's most recent races in Valencia. We had another double header for rounds 5 and 6 this season, and they were two very different races, I think it's fair to say. No Epri is ever really the same as the next or the one that came before it, which is one of the many reasons we love Formula E. But from the Saturday to the Sunday in Valencia, the difference was quite drastic. But just before we get stuck into that, you might remember in the last episode, when we were previewing the Valencia Epris, I went into detail about how important this weekend would be, because we didn't know how long the season was going to be. At that point, the race calendar for the season only had 10 Epris on it. And of course, the races in Valencia were the 5th and 6th races of those 10. The season was looking like it was mostly over, mostly completed after Valencia. Over half of the Epris would have been done. The next day, I think it was, literally the very next day after the podcast was uploaded, the FIA and Formula E announced the rest of the season calendar, which now has a total of 15 races on it. So we are not quite at the halfway point yet. And that changes things in terms of how we look at the drivers and the team's performances so far and their chances for the rest of the season. So we will look at the new, the updated calendar later in this episode. But before we do get to that, we have to discuss the first Epri in Valencia, round five of the 2020-2021 season. And Formula E's first race on a permanent circuit down at Ricardo Tormo. Well, there is an obvious place to start with this one, and weirdly, it's the end of the race. It can only really be described as chaos. Almost everyone ran out of power. Only nine drivers managed to finish. The rest were either disqualified, didn't finish, or simply ground to a stop wherever they ran out of power. And those who did finish, almost all of them, apart from really De Vries, were crawling to the end at the absolute minimum in order just to finish with some power. This extraordinary situation came about because the teams must have miscalculated how much energy they had, or would need, or were using, whilst under the safety car. The fifth safety car of that race, by the way. The whole E was a bit wild. Of course, when there is a safety car, energy used is recalculated and taken off after the safety car period ends by race control. So the teams must have ended up confused or anyhow, there was a big mix up. Probably as well, Da Costa, who was leading behind the safety car, went quite early after the green flag to, the, to restart the race. So that could possibly have played a part. I mean, maybe, maybe the race would have been one lap shorter if he'd hung back. I'm not, I'm not too sure though. I think either way, we'd have seen a struggle from at, at least some of the cars, if not most of them. It just went wrong. It just went wrong. There's no there's no getting around that. Prior to all this, though, we had actually seen some really good performances and some good racing. Da Costa can probably feel particularly hard done by as he was leading for most of the race and kept building up leads only for safety cars to come and cut them down. Lynn drove well also, really well, actually, pretty much right from the start. He had some good battles with Gunter as well as De Vries. For the first half of the race, I'd say Da Costa, Gunter, Lynn and De Vries, as well as Nato, were really good. 
Both Porsches were keen as well. They seem to be quite aggressive in style this season. They seem to just really want to go for it and battle everyone. It's probably costing them, to be honest, because they keep getting tangled in other cars. And they also seem not really that efficient with energy at times. But it is very entertaining. Keep keep it up. I love it. Van Dorn was solid and steady. He did well to make his way up the field after starting last. A sensible drive from Van Dorn. And then he got incredibly lucky that so many drivers had the energy issue. And he ended up finishing in third, which I'm sure he would not have been expecting at the start of the day at the back of the grid. I think he was still outside of the points before that final safety car as well. He'd got to around 14th, I think. And I think he probably he probably could have snuck his way into the points, but no chance, no chance was he on track to be on the podium without the chaos that unfolded. So... Let's look at how the race did finish for the nine, the nine drivers that weren't disqualified. The race winner was, of course, Nick De Vries. And in second place, Nico Muller, who, like Van Dorn, benefited massively from the fact that everyone else just ran out of energy after having started in 22nd place. So right at the back, almost not quite next to Van Dorn, but only two places ahead. And then third place, as we mentioned, Stoffel van Dorn. Fourth was Cassidy. Fifth was Rast. Sixth, Robin Freins. Seventh, Lucas Degrassi. In eighth place, Jake Dennis getting his first points of the season. And ninth, Jean-Eric Verne. Quite extraordinary. Everybody else was either disqualified or did not finish. Fan boost winners for that Epre were De Costa, Cassidy, van Dorn, Bird and Degrassi. Round six, the second race in Valencia, was an entirely different race. Again, one of the reasons we love Formula E is that no two Epre are ever really the same. But the contrast felt very different in Valencia, with a much more straightforward second race. And we got to see some cars at the front that we haven't seen so much of in those leading positions so far this season. Let's start with the results of the Super Bowl. Qualifying in 6th place as a result of the Super Bowl shootout was Norman Natto. 5th place, Oliver Turvey. 4th, Tom Blomquist. 3rd, Alex Lynn. 2nd, Andre Lotterer. And the Super Bowl winner, BMW's Jake Dennis. From there, Dennis just led the race from start to finish. I'll be honest, it wasn't spectacular, it wasn't crazy, it was very straightforward. But just because it seemed routine doesn't take away from how well Dennis did to control that race. A very confident, a very competent drive. He didn't crack at the end either, with the last lap being flat out between Dennis, Nato and Lotterer. Rass showed some good moments as well. I feel... Both Audi drivers this season show moments of really good racing. They are very good drivers, of course. And I think they'll pick up a lot more points towards the end of the season. I th it just feels like it's on the verge of coming together for them now. Lin drove really well again. He seems to be finding some really good form at the moment. Van Dorn ended up in the wall following a battle with Buemi. 
which topped off an unfortunate weekend for Van Dorn, really. I know, I know he was incredibly fortunate the race before and ended up on the podium, but that was almost a freak accident. In reality, the weekend didn't go that well for him, to be honest, but let's go over how the race ended up. Way down in 16th place was previous race winner and energy-saving king Nick DeVries, and just above him, also scoring no points, is his championship rival Mitch Evans in 15th, who was just behind his other championship rival and Evans' teammate Sam Bird. 13th was Nick Cassidy. 12th was BMW's Maximilian Gunter. 11th, Sebastian Buemi. And then finishing in the points, 10th place, Lucas Degrassi. 9th, Mortara. 8th, Turvey. 7th, Jean-Eric Verne. 6th place was René Rast. 5th place, Norman Natto. 4th place went to Roland. Third place was Mahindra's Alex Lin in second place, Andre Lotterer, and the winner, Mr. Jake Dennis in the BMW. Fan boost winners for that race were Van Dorn, De Vries, De Costa, Degrassi, and Cassidy. Now for the podium predictions. If you have a prediction for an upcoming podium or want to share or ask anything at all, email show.formulaebyte at gmail.com. I said in the last episode that I thought Evans, DeVries and Mortara would be on the podium at some point over the weekend. I was right with DeVries, not with the other two. I also said whilst making that prediction that despite Dragon Penske and BMW doing well in Valencia during testing, I didn't think they'd be on the podium. And both were. So that came back to bite me. One person who was more sensible was Charlotte who emailed in saying, I disagree with you, Andre. I think we will see a BMW on the podium. She was, of course, right. And she also predicted Van Dorn would be on the podium, which, of course, he was. So good work from Charlotte. Luke has been back in touch as well. And this was maybe even more impressive. Whilst Charlotte had a BMW on the podium, Luke specifically said Dennis would be there. And I'll be honest, I would never have predicted that going into Valencia. Dennis didn't even have any points before then. So really well done to Luke. You might remember as well, Luke predicted Sims on the podium for Rome, which again was not an obvious pick at the time. So really impressive stuff from Luke. How did you get to these powers of prediction? Please let us know. So then, how are the championships looking after rounds five and six? Well, in the drivers' championship. The top 10 looks like this. 10th place, Porsche's Pascal Verline with 32 points. Also on 32 points in 9th place is Mortara. Zooming up into 8th place with 33 points after his antics in Valencia. I say antics, that makes it sound like he did something wrong. After doing really well in Valencia is Jake Dennis. Just ahead of him also with 33 points is John-Eric Verne in 7th. Sixth place with 39 points is Rene Rast. Fifth, Mitch Evans in a Jaguar, also 39 points. Fourth place is Robin Frines with 43. Third place also with 43, Sam Bird. Second place on 48 is Stoffel Van Dorn. And top of the championship with 57 points so far, Nick DeVries. Now this is interesting because it is still really tight. Sam Bird hasn't 
picked up any points in the last three races. De Vries has also had three races where he didn't get any points. He is he's bit, he's got a bit of a gap, but eleven points is not is not a big lead at all in Formula E, especially when so many of the front runners have had more than one race where they didn't get any points at all. So it is very much all to play for. It's not obvious which way it's going to go. I think it's it's fair to say. Mercedes are looking strongest. See, I'm still not even that confident saying that considering they they crashed into each other a couple of races ago. But they're first and second for a reason. They could feasibly finish first and second, but I don't think you can call that for sure at this point at all. Now, in the team's championship, bottom place team in 12th is Neo with 18 points, 11th Nissan with 38. 10th, Dragon Penske with 42. 9th, Rocket Venturi with 43. 8th place is Mahindra Racing with 45 points. Also on 45 points in 7th is BMW i Andretti Motorsport. 6th place with 50 points is Porsche. 5th place with 52 is Audi. Just behind Tachita in 4th with 57 and one point ahead of Tachita with 58 points in third is Envision Virgin Racing. Jaguar are the second place team with 82 points. And just like the Drivers' Championship, Mercedes is leading the way in first place with 105 points. But definitely all to play for in both championships. Especially now that we know we have a longer season. As I said at the start, the rest of the race calendar has been announced. Originally, at this point, the next race was Monaco, then Marrakech, then a doubleheader in Santiago. Monaco is still the next Ypres on the 8th of May, but sadly we say goodbye to Marrakech and Santiago, and instead we have a doubleheader in Puebla in Mexico for rounds 8 and 9, on the 19th and 20th of June. Then we're off to the Big Apple, another doubleheader for rounds 10 and 11 in New York on the 10th and 11th of July, and then rounds 12 and 13 in London for the 24th and 25th of July, and then wrapping up the season with rounds 14 and 15 in Berlin on the 14th and 15th of August. Now, it, it could change again, depending on the situation regarding the COVID-19 pandemic. But providing everything goes well, this is what the calendar now looks like. And yeah, I'm liking it. Races in Mexico, always good fun. Very excited for New York. Very, very excited for London. Hopefully I'll be able to get down to that one. And Berlin. I, I enjoyed Berlin to the end of last season where we crammed all those races in. So it'll be good to get back there as well. So that is it for this episode. In the next episode, which is also out now, doing a double drop this week, we've got the preview of this weekend's Monaco Epri. So I'll see you there. Don't forget, if you want to email in about anything at all, it's show.formulaebyte at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to or following Formula E Byte wherever you listen to your podcasts. I've been Andre. Thank you for listening.